Hi everyone, Alex here with a quick word from our newest sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for tickets for everything from live theater and concerts to sporting events like Rays games. SeatGeek uses a color-coded scale to show you where the best deals are, with green being good and red being bad. If you haven't used SeatGeek before, we have a special deal just for you. Use code RAISETHEROOF, that's RAIS spelled R-A-Y-S, at checkout for $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. Again, that's code Raise the Roof for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks so much to SeatGeek for sponsoring us, and let's get back to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. It's time to raise the roof for our latest off-season podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. We have, I would say, a pretty jam-packed episode coming up today. Uh, there's plenty of rumors going on in the BS- in the baseball world about uh, the Rays when it comes to pretty much everyone, it seems like, somehow becoming a trade candidate in some way. Uh, we've seen rumors that have come out about, most recently, Randy Rosarena, potentially being part of something, basically the Rays trying to get as much value for guys as we've seen before, as much value for guys as they can uh, when they're at their peak. Uh, The Tyler Glass now trade rumors continue to uh, go around, continue to um, find their way within the baseball space. We've seen other guys, we've seen Manny Margot and Isak Paredes be part of those things as well. Uh, And we will be having a special guest on to talk about those things with the all with the intention as well of talking about the winter meetings, which will be coming up in Nashville early next week. We are recording this on Friday, December 1st, and I believe that the winter meetings start on the 3rd, so that's Sunday. So we have a couple days before then. So what a better time to talk about what we think the Rays might do, whether it be signings, whether it be trades, whatever it is um, before that point, then um, to talk about it now. Uh, it's me and Gibby are on the pod currently. Gibby, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Alex. Doing I think good, that's all good. I have to say for right now. Hey, that's good. That's good. I know we did talk about a little bit of college football last uh, week. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We will be getting all of the bowl uh, matchups, I believe, this weekend. Are you expecting uh, USF and UCF to play each other? Or are you expecting USF Ooh. and someone else? This is this is a question for our upcoming guest too, because he's yes. on the UCF coin of this. So yes, very much. So. I, but I thought I, mean, I would ask you first. There's no way they're not trying to do it. I th- I think both programs are hesitant to do it, but I feel like any of the TV people or any of the people involved in the middle or want to make the bull selections, they definitely want it to happen. I definitely see there's some people on both sides that just don't want to do it, but. Also, there's a lure to doing doing it that way, having a bigger audience for that. So it'd be nice. Yes, yes, very, very much so. Uh, Speaking of the person who is on the UCF side of it, uh, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. I believe now this is your second time on the pod. Uh, Bally Sports, Bally Sports Sun, sideline reporter, pre and post game. I know you also do stuff with the Magic. You're also on News Nation, pretty much everything. Uh, Ryan Bass, Ryan, welcome, welcome to the pod. Alex, I appreciate the uh, the resume run through. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm happy to be back, and uh, 
I'm not sure if I like the flag behind you or not, but I'm not. I'm, I'm more Big Twelve territory than Big Ten, so I guess I can't can't really hate that much. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I will say all three of us are supporting, or I guess have gone to schools that will be going to bowl games, which is cool. But I brought it up with Gibby because uh, Gibby is on the U, you know, on the USF side of it. Uh, how much would you be opposed to or not opposed to the war on I four returning for a bowl game? First of all, I, I would like to say, in addition to your comment of all three of our schools are going to a bowl game, the Florida Gators are not, so we can all celebrate yeah, that together. Yeah, uh, so that is, yeah, That is one thing. Sorry for all my Gator fans here, but, uh, you know, a little Gator hater now. And UCF visits Gainesville next year in uh, 2024, so looking forward to that road trip. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd be open to a little war on I-4 uh, renewal rivalry in the bowl game. Now it's going to be up to the TV partners, and uh, we'll see if – that's something that, you know, ESPNs, which obviously owns almost every single bowl, will be up for in terms of a TV ratings perspective. As a UCF fan, uh, I would much rather be facing Miami, possibly, in the uh, in the Mayo Bowl, uh, which is a, an, an option for us. There's also uh, conversations with – I'm here in Nashville right now, and some of my friends are uh, discussing the Music City Bowl uh, as an option for UCF as well. Uh, it seems like this year that the traditional bowl tie-ins are not applying, which is uh, kind of interesting. So uh, those two options, Charlotte or Nashville, would be uh, atop my list before a war on I-4 renewal, but uh, would certainly welcome beating the Bulls' butts uh, in uh, in 2023 if I get the opportunity. So, Yeah, you are right about the bowl tie-ins. They're weird. They, they are weird this season. When I see the projections, he, they're like throwing it all – they're throwing it all like the previous stuff like kind of out the window almost. So it's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean I think I think part of it has to do with like the SEC, for, weird, oddly enough, like you want to talk about weird, like doesn't have uh, the amount of teams to qualify for bowl games this year that they normally do. And so I think it's just sending a lot of things, you know, out of whack. Um, you know, we could be in a position where some five and seven teams could uh, be bowl eligible. So – I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. Uh, obviously, you know, my hope for UCF is that it's uh, not the Gasparilla or the Cure Bowl, which we've gone to too many times. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really want. I don't want to yeah. be in the, in the Gasparilla Bowl either. Honestly, no, I, that's I mean, my that's take. Not, by the way, and that is no no knock on the Gasparilla Bowl. I, I love the folks over there and, and what they do. Brett, who runs the bowl, is awesome, and yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think they do a phenomenal job uh, with the game. But just from my you know preference as a UCF fan, as a you know, uh, a booster, a donor, a supporter, uh, you know, a season ticket holder. I would love to see this, uh, you know, our school first year in the Big 12 be able to go to a bowl we haven't been to before. You know, something that's not Liberty, something that's not Hawaii, something that's not Gasparilla or Cure Bowl, you know, and getting to uh, face an opponent like a Miami, uh, you know, or uh, I know there's a, a Wisconsin was a, a possibility here in Ooh. Nashville. I think that would be a lot more fun for sure. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, honestly, as a USF fan, I'm just glad any any bowl will do. Honestly, <laughs> at this point, but last time I was in that Gasparilla Bowl, you know, things didn't go over so well. That Marshall team, yeah, kind of embarrassing yeah. to get beat beat on your own field. So there's a lot of stake right there if if we do get a bowl game there. So uh, I want to go somewhere. I'd rather go somewhere too. You know, for a while we were projected for Fenway Bowl. Uh, I think that's kind of disappeared now, but. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, see how it all we'll, shakes out. I don't you know. know. Bowl season will be interesting. So, but it uh, should be. It definitely yeah. should be. I was gonna say. I know um, Maryland. There's a possibility. I heard Utah for a bowl, and I also heard USC for a bowl. And I think that would be absolutely hilarious if Telly and Caleb Williams went at it. I just think that would be the funniest thing ever, considering all the hype behind uh, Caleb for that number one pick. Which I don't even know if he's gonna get it at this point, considering. 
uh, what happened with USC this year. But that's another story for another day. We'll see what happens with that on Saturday. But, uh, Ryan, we brought you on because of all of the crazy trade rumors and all of these things that seem to be surrounding the Rays over the last week. And also because the winter meetings are coming up over the next couple of days. I know that one of your um, bases uh, or uh, one of your home bases is Nashville. Are you planning on attending the winter meetings in some capacity? I, uh, I am here in Nashville currently right now. I actually had plans to stay through next week uh, in Nashville for the winter meetings. Uh, I do believe Trisha is coming up for the winter meetings, so they're going to be uh, sending her from Bali. Um, so I will likely try and be around at least the festivities on Monday. Uh, my plans are to fly back now Tuesday to St. Pete. Uh, but it's going to be good to see you know some, some of our old friends and baseball folks up here in the Music City. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, to interact and be around some of our, our raised brethren on Monday, uh, hopefully get a chance to show uh, some of our friends uh, what the Music City has to offer as well, because uh, I can't think of a better town for the baseball winter meetings than Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so Monday I'll be around uh, and then I'm heading back home on Tuesday. But uh, Trisha will be up here. We'll have all your coverage on Valley Sports. So really looking forward to uh, what our team's able to put together. Trish did uh, an unbelievable job last year with content. Uh, mm. You know, a lot of it turned into Raise All Access. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of social media content that she was able to turn. So uh, really excited to, to see what she's able to put together. So Monday will be my day and then I'll be heading back to the Berg on Tuesday. Mm. Nice. So with that in mind, I'm curious, have you had any sort of conversations with her on what sort of things you guys are expect? I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to say what you guys are expecting because it seems like the Rays do the unexpected so often. It's really, really hard to somehow, or I guess to, to track what they're going to do sometimes, but have you at least had conversations with her or maybe just a any uh, internal research about what you're kind of expecting the Rays might be doing in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I haven't had any chats with Trisha specifically about that. Um, but obviously I've been, you know, up to speed on, on the rumors and, and uh, you know, checking out the hot stove and, and seeing what's, what's trending and what's being reported out there. And uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Look, the Rays are, are, uh, are never really major players in the sweepstakes like the Shohei Otani's or, or really the Blake Snell sweepstakes, if you will. Um, you know, they're going to be a team that, like we saw last year, um, you know, goes after uh, options that they believe can help improve their club and that are fit for the Ray way. That's why Zach Eflin, who was, by the way, last year, the highest uh, paid free agent acquisition in team history. Uh, and, and look how handsomely that that paid off for them. And so, you know, it's good that obviously Zach will be back anchoring this rotation in 2024, uh, along with Aaron Savali, who they, they acquired at the trade deadline and have a, a number of years of, of team control with him. You know, Zach Vettel uh, made the transition to the starting rotation. Well, you hope that Taj Bradley takes a step this year. Shane Boz is going to be coming back from Tommy John. I'm really excited to see uh, what they have in store for him. But I would expect the Rays to do a couple of things here. They're going to want to add pitching depth, right? There's going to be conversations that are had around whether or not Tyler Glass now gets traded. A lot of that has to do with, obviously, the cap hit and the, the salary that he's owed this year, which will be the highest, uh, you know, paid in team history in a single season. Um, but also, look, you know, it, this is not a knock on Tyler because I, I find Tyler to be uh, one of the best human beings that there is in the game uh, and, and an unbelievable athlete. But he does have an injury history, right? And that is something the Rays have to consider is that, uh, you know, his health has been a factor uh, with this Rays ball club. I, I was hopeful that he would be here for many years to come, that he will anchor a rotation that will have meaningful playoff games. And I think we saw towards the back end of this season just how an effective 
you know, Tyler Glass now can be for this ball club and, and the voice and the leadership that he brings. Uh, I certainly, for one, hope that he does not get traded. I hope that he is here as a part of this rotation in 2024. But, you know, with Shane McClanahan going to be out for, you know, all of 2024, you know, Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen won't be back until at least, you know, midseason we're looking like. Uh, the Rays are going to have to figure out what they do with the rotation. And I think that comes with what kind of offers can they field for a Tyler Glass now? Can they add uh, pitching depth, especially, you know, pitching depth in the minors? Can they get some middle infield help? Um, you know, can they find more value in the, you know, in the outfield? I know Manny Margot has been the subject of trade rumors as well. So uh, the Rays are going to be calculated and intentional. And, you know, if they are to trade a, a Tyler Glass now, they're going to get a good return for it. And along with that, I know one of the biggest rumors that's happened kind of over the last few days is the rumor that's now popped up about Randy Rosarena. I know that in in that, um, I know when someone asked Mark Topkin, he said, you know, those sort of things are commonplace because anyone on the Rays roster is, you know, there are, there, there are no untouchables for the Rays, uh, including guys like, you know, like like a Randy, like a Shane, whatever it might be. Uh, but what uh, I guess from what you know, how much truth is there to anything potentially happening uh, when it comes to Randy being moved, if that even is any sort of a possibility? Well, the reports were, you know, from Jeff Passan of ESPN, that teams were reaching out to the Rays to gauge interest, not the other way around. Uh, so, you know, not that the Rays are shopping, but look, the Rays are always going to listen to offers. I mean, Mark is, is dead on and spot on and, and obviously knows this organization better than any person on the planet. Um, you know, they are always going to listen and they're always going to field offers. Now, Randy is a fabric of this organization. He's the most likable player, maybe arguably in franchise history, you know, alongside Evan Longoria. I mean, I, I don't think that's a stretch to say that Randy is, uh, beloved unlike yeah, any other guys own in, in, sold out. Section. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got two sections now they expanded yeah. it, you know, they, they had one <laughs> section expanded it too. Uh, you know, there's a Randy chance, you know, I mean, he is, he is. He is really woven into the fabric of this organization. His salary can get up to $9 million in 2024, so obviously that's going to be something in play. But look, if the Rays do trade away glass now, they have now more room to keep a guy like Randy at that number and at that figure. And I wouldn't be surprised if they try to sign him to a longer-term deal where they backload that contract, right? That could come with a new stadium deal. That could come with, uh, you know, possibly a new TV deal, uh, you know, or, or new revenue streams in baseball. So, you know, we'll see what, what comes of that. I don't think that they're going to trade Randy. Now, again, anything could happen. I, I just, I can't foresee a scenario where Randy Rosarena isn't on this opening day roster in 2024. Uh, but Hey, look, this race squad, uh, you know, they, they feel like they had an opportunity um, to really compete this year and, and to, to, you know, to hit 99 wins with a roster that was uh, full of, uh, of injuries, depletions, you know, your half your starting rotation is out, you know, your start shortstop, uh, you know, isn't available um, you know, this was a team that that they felt, um, you know, could could have gotten hot like the Rangers did. Right. Um, and and could have, you know, made a run at this thing. And so I think a piece or two away, staying healthy, that's what's going to be the key for for this roster and this this front office to, to make the Rays not only, you know, uh, win the division, hopefully in 2024, but uh, be a team that they feel can actually make a deep postseason run. And I, and I think they have the ingredients to do so. I don't think you're going to see a massive overhaul of this roster. I really don't. Um, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Wander. Uh, we, we still don't understand, you know, don't know whether or not Tyler's going to be a part of this rotation in 2024. I can't see much more changes outside of, of really that, um, you know, the Rays aren't going to be big splashy spenders. We're not going to see that. They're not going to be in the show here, the snail sweepstakes. Um, but I think they do make moves that do improve this club. And I think they're going to try to do what they can to, to keep their power numbers up. 
um, to keep their bullpen strong, uh, you know, to add to that rotation uh, and to do what they can to, to find pieces that'll be a good fit uh, moving forward into, into what hopefully will be a deep postseason push next season. Mm. Gibby, I wanted uh, to get your thoughts about uh, about the about the whole Randy thing. If you had it, you just yeah, yeah. About I I agree with Ryan here. I feel like I feel like in the process of, I think they are targeting to shop class now somewhere. I feel like in these trade talks, I feel like a lot of people see the same problems with glass now that I mean we see in our they I mean from these past few seasons with the injury prone nature of him. And just like pitchers in general who have been traded kind of in later in their career have just been kind of, when they go to the new team, getting injured. I mean, having with the Grom, all these big uh, contracts moving. Uh, and they might just want younger guys or guys in their prime. And they see Randy as an international superstar, someone who gets people in the seats no matter what team he's on or like what field he's on, you know? Uh, I mean, he's just so... Obviously, I feel like they'll they'll definitely reach for more of a Randy Rosarena type if they're not really in the uh, in the Nate in the in the mood for a Tyler Glass now type. But obviously, I th- I think it's way more likely Tyler Glass now gets traded than Randy Rosarena. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if I had to put, you know you're putting a number on it, I mean you know ninety ten. I mean, I I yeah, don't think yeah. Randy gets traded. Like <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I think I think it's a much 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 more likely that that Tyler and his $25 million yeah. salary next season gets, gets moved. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, there's this, this team has a lot of, of perceived needs, like areas they want to improve, obviously behind the plate, the rotation, uh, they, they'll never, you know, shy away from improving the bullpen. They want to get infield depth. Um, you know, I think, I think you might see some shifts in the outfield, right? I do think that, um, you know, you're going to see, uh, possibly Manny Margot moved, uh, yeah. you know, to, to try and, and, and improve the outfield, uh, makeup of this team, you know, what happens with, you know, Brandon Lau, who was, who, by the way, when he was healthy, was, was really starting to, to turn a corner. Um, you know, what happens with Isak Paredes? There's been some trade rumors potentially with, with Paredes who had a breakout, you know, 3,100 RBI season this year, 30 home run or hundred RBI season. So, you know, I, I do think that the Rays look, they're going to have interest and teams are going to look to, to make some deals and, and maybe they, they flip a guy like a Paredes who they got in the, you know, in the, um, uh, uh, in the Meadows deal uh, for, you know, maybe somebody that they feel can be uh, have an even higher upside. Who knows? That's the thing with this team. The Rays are always a wild card. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're always in contention to, to make a move that you'll go, wait a minute, you know, uh, and, and then it turns out to be brilliant, right? That's, that's why this, that's, that's why the Marlins are literally trying to copy the Rays 2.0 down in South Florida. They, they, they want the fabric of what this organization does. They want to be analytics driven. They want to be able to, to maximize the potential of players and be able to trade them uh, when, you know, at, you know, after they've already kind of reached that max value. And so um, I don't expect major overhaul, but I do expect some of the familiar faces that you're used to seeing possibly being elsewhere on opening day. Not, not Randy yeah. for the record. I do. I, I just don't, I just don't foresee a scenario where they're trading Randy. But mm. one thing you can bet on is we're going to get one relief pitcher and we're going to use some gypsy magic on him. And he's going to be the sub TR two ERA, some sort of genius and, We'll just keep making those guys until the end of time. Oh, yeah. So I think oh, we're yeah. good. I think we're good. And, 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 you know, you could probably be guaranteed that there'll be some reliever that gets stretched out and turned into a, a rotation piece uh, yeah, next year. Exactly. They've done that. Exactly. They've done that extremely well um, yeah. over these last couple of years with, you know, with uh, Drew Rasmussen and uh, and Jeffrey Springs and now doing that with Zach Littell. So um, they're going to be creative. They're going to use all their resources and, and assets possible. And uh, look, this was a trying year. I mean, they, they logged – 
from what I, my understanding was, they used the most pitchers in baseball this year. They logged a ton of innings from that bullpen. Um, you know, they stretched out starters as best as they could. They had, um, I, I don't know another team that was as decimated as they were from a rotation standpoint. So, you know, I, I think addition by just getting guys healthy will be a huge push for this team. So I don't expect a splashy move um, other than possibly, you know, sending away a Tyler Glass now at his price range and trying to get back some value in return, which I hope doesn't happen again. I, I hope Tyler's here and anchoring that rotation to open 2024. Now, Gibby, uh, uh, you know, Ryan mentioned it previously, but um, I know how much you love your Japanese guys. And obviously the Shohei Otani sweepstakes is some, oh, yeah. will, will probably know, be uh, the star of the show uh, at the winter meetings. And I know that there's a number of other guys, not all, I, I believe there's some Korean guys as well from the KBO, um, but a number of guys who have been posted internationally. Um, I wanted to talk first with you about where you think Otani's going to go because obviously he's not going to go to the Rays unless yeah, yeah, yeah. somehow they get in a crazy influx of money from God knows where. But I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts about where you think Otani might move. Uh, you know, anywhere anywhere that's in like the middle of America, it's, it's just not. You think so, Evan? It's, it's, really? It's, it's got to be in on the coast or maybe Chicago. It could be like a Chicago team. I I could see that happening. I feel like it's got to be a very East Coast team, like a New York or a Boston or a Dodgers. It's got to be a big one, I feel like. Or, I mean, and also it has to be, apparently he's been like real, like wanting to be low key about it. So like if anything leaks about it, it's like he's he's going to count you out. So we could use some of that sometimes. Like if there's any like rumors that come out, it's like, oh, he's not going there then. <laughs> because... I think there's one. I think there's one destination and one destination only. Honestly. What do you think? What do you think? I think he's. I think he ends up with the Dodgers. I don't think he gets out of. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel that. I mean, I. You know, if you're if you're the Dodgers, um, you know, they they they've been coveting him. You know, uh, they coveted him at the trade deadline last year. Now, I'm not. That's not to say that. You know, the Mets who have obviously an endless bankroll or, you know, the Cubs wouldn't want to get into the conversation here. But I just I don't see any scenario where he isn't a Dodger uh, at the end of the sweepstakes. I just think I think they want him. Um, I think they'll be patient with him. You know, Andrew Friedman over there is obviously a raised guy that we're familiar with. that left our front office. Um, he's got you know endless cash to spend. And, and I would not be surprised, um, you know, if you see Shohei. Uh, actually, I'd be surprised if it's anyone other than the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I, Honestly, I think I, I see that a lot. I think I think he's going to be a Dodger when it's all said and done. I also like the Cubs only because of um, uh, Seiya Suzuki being there. So like he'll have some sort of familiarity with a guy who um, I'm sure he's played with with um, Samurai Japan. And um, I don't know if they played together in MPB, but at least they have that familiarity. Um, but no, the Dodgers makes a lot of sense because they just have stupid money and they don't know what to do with it. So they just throw it in anyone who is remotely good at playing baseball because we've seen that year in and year out. It's kind of a wild thing. Uh, but That's so the rest of it is in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. He actually <laughs> would be in the playoffs if he was with the Dodgers. Holy crap. Yeah. He'd be in the playoffs every year. Yeah. Man, that would be great. Man. Imagine if, if, if the angels actually cared enough to do that. We'll see if Mike Trout's an angel, by the way. That there that could be an I think Trout's going to Philly. I just like they're they're I and I'm saying this as someone who grew up 20 minutes outside of you know of Philly and went to Philly's games a lot growing up and lives probably or I guess is from like Trout was I think he's like 30 to 40 minutes away from where I grew up, um, in terms of where he grew up. And I mean it, like you can see 
whenever they show like an Eagles home game in the off season and somehow Trout's there in the front row, like he always is. Cause he has season tickets. Like you, I, I just feel like you can just see in his eyes that there's just this little bit of pain where like, you know, he wants to be in Philly, but he can't because he's in LA. And I, I like, I understand the loyalty part of it, but I feel like at this point, I feel like loyalty is just thrown out the window. Cause I think he, ba- he basically is given the angels as much as he could give. He gave them a Hall of Fame career. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, he's he 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 was and, and arguably still is the best player in baseball. Uh, and so, you know, shame on shame on uh, you know the Angels uh, for for not being able to maximize that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he was just at the the Bills Eagles game, um, you know, this past uh, this past weekend. So. I wouldn't be surprised, but who, you know, who, that's the cool thing. I, I love this time of year, guys. I love the hot stove. I, I love being able to follow the rumor mill. I love seeing, you know, how teams are going to reshape and reshift their rosters. And, uh, and then at the end of the day, you, you know, you look at, let me just look at this, this past world series, you know, you had a team in Texas that went all in at the trade deadline struggled at the end of the, uh, you know, at the end of the regular season and then got hot in the postseason. You had a team like the diamondbacks that was, I believe the last team in and basically a, a, a drop fly or a potential drop fly ball away from being bounced out of the playoffs to making it to the world series. Uh, and, and had a roster of guys like Tommy Pham who came on as, as you know, a, a trade deadline acquisition that was great for them. So sometimes it's just, it's a mix of having the right guys at the right time. And that's, that's why I have so much faith in what the Rays do. And, and I am sad to see Pete Bendix go, by the way, I thought he did a, a phenomenal job as, as GM of really helping construct this roster and, and figuring out creative ways to, yeah. you know, help Kevin Cash and his staff put the, the best lineup together on a given day and uh, you know, targeting players that, that really embodied this organization. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that's a bigger loss than maybe we're, you know, than then maybe we'll be seen uh, to the average, you know, fan and viewer. Um, just because Pete was a, was a really big uh, key cog in what this organization does, but you, you have Eric Neander um, and you have, you know, a front office that, that I truly believe will be active, will, you know, explore any options and will do what they can to put, you know, a better product on the field uh, than they had last year, which is tough to do. You know, they've only had one other season in team history where they had, uh, you know, hundred plus wins. So, uh, or two other seasons, I should say. So, you know, I, I do expect this team to get better just in what capacity do they get better and how do they get better? That's going to be the interesting thing to see. Mm. The other person I wanted to talk to, or, or I wanted to talk about was um, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the uh, the guy from MPB, who I'm pretty sure won the triple crown in pitching. Uh, definitely is posted at this point. I think is going to get somewhere close to like 180 to $200 um, million dollar contract, whatever the hell it is that he's going to get. Uh, I know, again, this is a guy that the Rays aren't going to try to go for, but, uh, you know, just because of how expensive he's going to be. But, I mean, are there other guys maybe like him that are being posted right now or just um, – I'm trying I'm trying to think of the right ways to say it. But, yeah, I guess other guys that are posted right now that maybe the Rays will want to go for that would be interesting. And also, I mean, with someone like that, you know, would, would he be going to a big market, someone, you know, somewhere like the Mets, the Red Sox? Uh, uh, I don't know what other play – because I think he mentioned – uh, wanting to have like other Japanese teammates with him um, uh, to play with. So I'm, you know, Mets and Red Sox obviously check the boxes there, but you know, just, I guess, I guess what is the making of this for what could happen either with the rest of the, you know, Japanese posting window or just maybe other guys that the Rays might want to go for in terms of pitchers. Ryan, you're on mute. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I don't think they're in the Yamamoto uh, sweepstakes. Um, 
you know, and that that's just I, I just foresee a Mets or you know a Dodgers or an Angels or a you know Cubs um, type of scenario here. Um, you know, even the Cardinals. I mean, I just don't I, I don't see the Rays ponying up the the kind of cash that's going to be needed to get into this game. Um, and and look, the Rays when when we talk about international signings, typically it's uh, you know Dominican. Uh, you know, they're they're looking kind of in in more of the uh, you know, the markets in terms of guys that they can kind of field through their farm system, as opposed to going, you know, out to get players who are, are posted. So, uh, you know, I, I, anything's possible, right? Uh, anything I think is possible, but in, in my perspective and from what I see this organization doing, they're going to strengthen the farm system. They're going to continue to develop from within. They're going to continue to lean on service time and the guys that they can maximize value before they hit a massive number. They're going to lean into the junior Camineros and, you know, the Curtis Meads, uh, you know, and, you know, those types that they believe in, you know, in their organization uh, that they want to continue to, to to home grow. And so I believe that's the route more this franchise will continue to go in. They believe in their farm system. They're, they, they have, you know, they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. Um, you know, they're very happy with kind of the talent that they've been able to groom. They expect more guys to continually take leaps this year. So I would, I would venture to say, and again, I'm, I'm not sitting in those meetings. I'm not, you know, in, in Eric Neander's ear, but if I had to take a guess, this organization's more going to focus on what they can do in developing their farm system and what they can get in return to make sure that they have reserves. I mean, this is what, you know, their, their triple A teams won or double A teams won, you know, two championships in a row. I mean, they're, they have, they have one of the best, the most talented farm systems. I think that's going to be where they continue uh, continually focus on development as opposed to going to or entering any of these sweepstakes that could get into the, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to bid. Gibby, would you want them to try to go after anyone? One guy. Who? Uh, what's his fucking name? Okay. Are you Matsui, trying to Matsui, look it up? Matsui. Last name. Oh, Yuki, Yuki Matsui? Matsui? Is that who you're talking about? Yuki Matsui. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, He would be, he, he was a, uh, a starter when he first started M- MPB and then switched to relief pitcher and then he was really good. I feel like the race would stretch him back out if they ever got him, but that's like wishful thinking. I don't feel like we're really in the sweep six for that, but that's like, that's definitely like a raise guy and that the Rays would, if they, if they were interested in any like players outside, but that's, that's one guy from your question earlier that you were asking. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a stud. I mean, just from what I'm looking, base value, he seems like a stud. Uh, Gibby, I wanted to ask you one more thing, and then Ryan, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, is there, Gibby, is there anyone that you would want to see the Rays either try to sign you know, outside of posting winner or anything like that? Would you want uh, any player that you would p- potentially want to see them sign at the winter meetings and or try to trade for? Is there maybe one or two guys that have piqued your interest? I mean, I'm kind of with Ryan there on, on his like more farm thing, but there's it's gonna it I, I could say a name but i feel like it's just gonna be some guy i've never heard of like i like it always is and then it'll just it's it's gonna be relief it's gonna be some uh bullpen for sure that if, if anything we're targeting at the winter meeting so definitely think we're going after some pitching but other than that i don't feel like there's much else that they would be really targeting hmm yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Ryan, last thing for you. Um, I know that last year uh, a lot of Rays fans made a big deal about how the front office said they were going to try to go for some sort of hitting. They ended up not uh, um, signing anyone to any deals. But I know that a lot of the success from 
uh, at least the offensive side of the ball last year came from a lot of guys coming up, uh, you know, from the minors and actually putting things together. Guys like Josh Lowe, you know, very much in particular with that one. Uh, are you expecting them to go the same route this year when it comes to um, hitting or is, is it going to be something more of, you know, if they can find someone as a trade piece, they'll do that. Um, or are you expecting them to potentially go sign a bat or two? You know, I typically what this organization does is looks for value within what they have in the organization. They really like what they've seen out of guys like Junior Caminero, obviously, who came up last year and, and had, you know, had a, a really impressive showing. You know, they love Carson Williams uh, and what he's done down there. I don't think he's ready to come up, but he could be a guy that that impresses in spring training. Xavier Isaac has been uh, has had a body transformation, another guy who they have power within the organization that they believe in. So, you know, I, I think they look at what they have internally and they like the options that they have. I, I, I truly don't know, you know, a scenario where they're going out and signing, you know, uh, you know, uh, like I said, a Snell or a Jordan Montgomery or going out and getting a, you know, when you look at some of the free agents available, like a, you know, uh, Randall Gritchick could potentially be a guy, but, you know, he's even commanded, you know, a lot of cash, but I just don't see them going out and spending tons of money to get, you know, uh, guys that, um, you know, either are a little bit older above what they want to do uh, or going to cost too much. I, I think their, their focus is always going to be on value fines, right? Um, their focus is always going to be on trying to bring in guys that they feel uh, can make an impact and play multiple positions, right? It can be versatile, uh, you know, look at, I mean, just look specifically at what happened this year, right? I mean, how many positions did Isak Paredes play in the infield? Every single one, uh, you know, and, and Taylor Walls, his versatility, uh, you know, uh, just the way that they're able to bring guys and and kind of filter them around the infield of the outfield, Harold Ramirez, uh, and how much he was able to to kind of be a guy who can be reliable for them in, in many different ways. So, you know, I see this being a, a situation where maybe they sign a guy or two, um, you know, that they try to, to bring in maybe catcher depth, um, you know, maybe they go and, and, and try and bite on a, a Mike Zanino again and see if that's somebody that they like, uh, you know, I, I, who knows, you know, Zanino is a, is a free agent, um, you know, and, and obviously had he not gotten hurt, I thought he was having basically an all-star season. I was an all-star uh, when he was here with us um, that one year. So who knows? I, 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 that's the thing with the Rays. I, 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 I don't believe they're going to be big spenders. I think they're going to try and hunt for value. I think they're going to try and maybe get back some major league talent in a deal for Tyler Glass now where they can start to find ways to position them. I think they're going to try to, you know, uh, they, they've got a log jam in the outfield. So the odd man out typically seems to be, um, you know, um, Manuel Margot. So what do you get in return for Margot? So those are the types of deals I see this team doing. I don't see a flashy big free agent signing. Now, you know, hopefully there is something that, that gets this fan base fired up. But look, this was a 99-win ball club that had a slew of injuries. You bring back, back you know, a similar core. You develop more of the guys you have in the farm system. I think this team is going to be in good shape to continually make a run at hopefully winning the division, you know, in 2024 and a deeper postseason run, especially when you get back, you know, the, you know, um, you know, the, the key cogs of the rotation in the Springs and Erasmus in midseason. I think those are going to be big boosts to a team that I hope is already buzzing. Uh, maybe not another 13-0 start, guys, but – you know, I think, you know, if you can go out and get some some value finds in free agency and value finds in the trade market, um, I think that's what this team's going to do. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you coming on. Um, and hopefully, yeah, again, you know, uh, open invitation for as many times as you want to come on in the future. I know we definitely want to try to get you on more. 
but where can people find you at um, if they haven't on social media? And then where can uh, people also find out what is going to be going on in terms of Valley sports and their coverage of the winter meetings? Yep. And I, I appreciate, you know, both of you saying that too. Uh, you know, I, I, I know my schedule, Alex and Evan are a little bit all over the place. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys being patient with me and, and working with it, but I'm always happy to oh, join. No, um, but yeah, you know, our winning meeting coverage uh, from, from Trisha will be, you know, on our Valley sports social. So keep an eye on that. I'm sure uh, we'll be sending out some more info in terms of what a all access will look like post winter meetings. Um, I'm in the middle of basketball coverage right now. My first season with the magic uh, no surprise. It's it. their best, their best yes, start in 13 dude. years. It's so, all you, you know, baby. I was about to say it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm, I'm, you brought the totally, glory back. You're like, Shaq. totally, totally joking, totally facetious. Know, but um, it, this is a really fun team. And uh, I'm, I've enjoyed wholeheartedly joining this broadcast crew. It is in my, for my money's worth. It's the, the most genuine, the kindest and the nicest and hardest working broadcast crew in the NBA. Uh, you know, and David Steele, Jeff Turner, Dante Marcatelli, Kendra Douglas, Bo, Quentin, uh, Brian Hill, you know, I think I just love this group. So just me personally, uh, I've got uh, 20 more games coming up this season for the Magic. I've got back-to-backs against the Celtics on the 15th and 17th. I've got another one coming up on the 26th of December. I've got a bunch in January, a bunch in February. <laughs> and then when you turn around, fellas, it's going to be spring training time. So excited to hit the ground Ooh. running. And, um, you know, truly, again, grateful for you guys having me on. Uh, a fan of the podcast, a fan of the show, and uh, happy to do it anytime. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words there. We really appreciate it. Again, thanks for coming on. And for everyone listening, we're going to take, uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in this latest episode of Race of Roof. Thanks so much to Ryan for coming on. We we really, really can't, you know, uh, you know say thank you enough to him. He's been a great uh, guest that we've had on multiple times in this podcast. And again, we really, really appreciate him coming on, uh, you know, make sure to follow him on social media, make sure to follow what Valley sports has going on for the winter meetings coverage for the Rays, and watch the magic. Yes. Good this season, baby. Yes. Uh, they've been we're back. Uh, well, are you, uh, I guess you're, you're a magic fan by close. I mean, yeah. I mean, just by default, cause I'm yeah. closer to there. I, I don't really ever root for a Miami team. Gonna be honest, but that's like a different country over there, you know. Yeah, I, trust me, I'd much rather be a Magic fan than a Sixers fan right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can just, I, I like, I already know how the season's going to end, and it's very, very painful. And I'm not in. I'm already not. Don't in, think about that. <laughs> that's how Philly fans think. Yeah, I know it's a sad way of living, but it is what it is. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, m- make sure to follow him on the Magic broadcasts, and and he'll be doing plenty with the Rays, I'm sure, next season as well. Uh, Gibby, any closing thoughts before we end this podcast? Anything baseball related on your mind? Any, any Tyler, Tyler, if you, if you end up going, I fucking love you, bro. God damn. I love that guy. He did so much for this organization, dude. Put it all on the line and multiple injuries suffered because of it. So, you know, I really give it all to him. You know, I wish the circumstances were different. I wish we were. Uh, the Dodgers of Florida, you know, we just could just spend all this money all the time, keep a guy for a long time, like a Kershaw type, you know, but sometimes that's just not in the cards for your team, but you know, once a Ray forever a Ray. So if you do end up going on, I hope you do some great things in MLB. So that's yeah. good. I feel like that's good. Yeah, it sucks. It definitely sucks. I mean, Glasses has poured a lot into this organization, and 
And, you know, the injuries that he's sustained, it's just really, really unlucky how it's happened. Uh, but he's been with the organization since 2018, so it's not like he's only been here for a year or two. He's been here for a while. Thank God he finally had a season where he was able to pitch to some sort of length. Uh, you know, I understand 120 innings or whatever it was that he pitched last year wasn't a lot by the standards of, you know, what a normal starter should be, uh, you know, logging in terms of innings over the course of a year. But, I mean, that was as close to a full season as we've seen with him. So, definitely – uh, really, really, you know, enjoyed watching him pitch with the Rays. And this is if he ends up leaving, which I feel like all signs are kind of all signs are pointing to that. Just, you know, looking at the salary alone. Um, but hopefully in return, the Rays get a good package of guys from whatever team that they decide to trade with. Uh, and they get guys that are, you know, not only major league ready guys, but guys in the minors that hopefully will be contributors in the future. Uh, so absolutely. Yeah, so with that being said, that's going to conclude things on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Thanks again um, you know, for all the support that you guys have been showing us. We're going to continue to try to post as much content in the offseason as we can, uh, knowing that you know the offseason can be slow, so do bear with us with that. But we're going to try our best to get out as much content as possible. Uh, in terms of social media, be sure to follow us uh, on both Twitter and Instagram at Raise the Roof TV. Uh, and for this podcast continue to support us as you guys have been make sure to subscribe make sure to give us a like and a review five-star review hopefully if you like the podcast uh and just continue to you know follow whatever it might be continue to support us here as you guys have been also make sure to use our sponsors uh seat geek and in the clutch we still have those going uh you know those are great opportunities for you guys to be able to save money it also helps us out in the process code raise the roof for both uh, you get yourself discounts. I believe it's $20 off either just straight up your first purchase uh, on SeatGeek or $20 off your, your first purchase of $30 or more on SeatGeek or, uh, or also uh, within the clutch, it's 10% off uh, any order, anytime using code raise the roof, R-A-Y-S, the roof at checkout. So make sure to take advantage of those. Plenty of great raise shirt designs uh, on in the clutch's website, and they've been a great, great partner to work with. So we really appreciate them. Uh, so again, with that being said, that's going to conclude things. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. And as always raise up, raise up, baby.